Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Dora Busius, you are the Senior Director for Data Strategy and Architecture. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Catherine. It's so much fun to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, I have enjoyed chatting. We had some conversations before this, and I, have, I just want to continue the discussion and the conversation. And um, before we, we get into some leadership-type questions and how businesses are remaining relevant um, and vital day after day, I would love for you to talk about your title, Senior Director for Data Strategy and Architecture. Not everybody understands what that means. Um, I know that there are incredibly talented people in the IT department um, that just make things work. And I love it when it works. So do you mind just kind of talking about it for those that may not be familiar with, you know, what, what that title represents? Absolutely. So my role is focusing very much on data. Obviously, some of the technology around data comes into place as well. Personally, I have rounding it up about 30 years in IT, although I typically say I'm a business leader first and foremost. I always think drive with a business mindset. How can I help my business go forward? Uh, And how do I do that through the lens of better managing and really just leveraging the potential power in data because data by itself really you know it's just the beats and the bites so how do we um understand that within business context so it can really inform or drive better decisions and how can we also bring best practices from the data management and analytic and analytics work uh, world to just have more streamlined operations and be able to monetize this asset. Uh, So data strategy and architecture is really looking at the enterprise level. And currently I work in healthcare. I do work for Stryker. It's a large healthcare organization. Um, So how do we look across, and that's what this role is at the global level, across the regions, the functions, the the, the, the divisions, 
to understand how do we drive synergies, how do we speak the same language, um, how do we bring again those best practices and really harness that power that data has. Uh, and it's there for us. I think of data as the lifeblood of organizations. So there is um, a lot of focus that we need to give to it to take advantage of it. And that's kind of like what the uh, focus of my role is. I love that. And on LinkedIn, I saw that one of your um, skill sets of, of many, many, many that you have, um, you said you are used to walking the line between business and IT. <laughs> and I think that is such a gift to be able to have the, the knowledge and, and the insights of the data and to be able to walk that line. Um, it probably isn't always easy. Do you know when you first kind of realized I am walking this line between between the business and IT? What, what, what was that like? I am so fortunate, I think, to have realized early on, even though I started on the technology side, really, I started doing COBOL mainframe programming. And I've played pretty much every role that you can think of in IT, software development, data development, project program management, architecture. For the past 18 to 20 years, I've been doing enterprise architecture and data, which means it's got that enterprise uh, uh, visibility and accountability across. But early on, from the 90s, early on in my career, I realized that, hey, as I'm working on this, I remember we were creating, for example, financial reports coming out of the mainframe. And I recall it was a big thing. We were writing all these couple programs and financial reports were coming out and they were to be delivered on time to the CFO of the organization on the third floor of this retailer's headquarters, right? So it was that those events that day when I realized this thing, this data, these reports we're creating, yes, we're using the technology, but somebody's looking at that data on that piece of paper back then, and it informs, it drives the decisions. So I realized that it's not just the technology and the data, it's so closely related to the business. And I figured, okay, that's the purpose while we're doing it. We're not going to do data or technology for the sake of data, for the sake of technology. So it's really been inherent to me throughout all of the roles that, I, that I've played to always connect it to how is this helping my business? What are we trying to do? What are our objectives? And so all of my roles, like I said, it's been close to 20 years that my roles have enterprise visibility and or accountability, which means that I speak a lot to the business and I speak a lot to the technology and having kind of grown through the ranks, if you will, in IT, I can speak very much technical language, technical speak with people that are in the weeds, but I can also um, need to be able, especially in a senior director role, need to be able to explain to executives what it, what it is that we're trying to do here. How is this helping us? And that does take, I sometimes say both left brain, right brain, a leg in IT, a leg for the business. It's not easy, it's got, but I mean, if I think it comes a little bit more natural to me, maybe not as natural to other people, but it's not only that. I've spent immense uh, uh, effort and time to really get better at communicating it, especially in business terms. So yes, it comes a little natural, but it took a lot of work as well. So it can get easier over, over time with some intentional effort behind it. All of that intentional effort behind communication, bridging business and data and technology. And as you were talking, I had a flashback of my first, one of my first jobs working for a bank. They hired me to go do business development. Before I could even go talk to anybody, they put me in the operations center 
And I had an office out there for 18 months. I'm like, when are we going to go see customers? They're like, you got to figure out what we can sell first. And I was like, oh, so i sat with every manager in that bank operations center. It was a gift to be able to sit there and listen to what the pain points were of the folks that were running the data, that were stuffing the statements, that had all the technology. Um, It was a gift to be able to listen to their research and for them to be able to say, if we can tweak this piece of of work that we're doing, it's going to make this whole team's life easier. And to have those relationships and communication, it was so important. Like it just created this waterfall of positivity for the next 12 years of me being there because we had the communication. It was very intentional from the beginning. What are we comfortable with selling? What are we comfortable with doing in the back room? Help me understand. And um, from there, I could speak to customers so much easier because I knew that these incredible people had my back. And then as we grew, we could grow much more effectively because we were this team that we're working together alongside. So um, I think it's, it's, it's so exciting to be able to hear you talk about that intentionality and the communication that, that mm. exists. Absolutely, Catherine, you hit on so many things that are so top of mind for me as well. And, you know, I want to connect it a little bit with where we are right now, because you said you were sitting there, you were making an effort to speak to these people, understand what they're doing. So part of communication, it's also, I'm going to bring along with communication, also curiosity. For me, I also put intentional effort behind an authentic curiosity to really asking questions and caring to understand my customers, could my stakeholders, which could be external and internal, especially internal too, because I'm trying to understand what it is like for them in their day-to-day operations. What are they doing? What What is it that it's their pain points? And I use that then to say and, and be better communicating, okay, and these things that we're trying to do with data and technology, this is how it's going to help. But I cannot do a good job communicating that unless I understand where they're coming from. Now, you said in person, physically, you were there. And one of the things that I like doing a lot, especially in this hybrid or remote world that we have, um, make use of the technology. Before even COVID started, I was one of those people that mm, sometimes I would be people on the spot in a nice way, just really turn on the camera, let's leverage it because we uh, uh, leverage the technology to just get a little bit more of that connection, really look at the other person, even the body language, we can hear and learn things about what they're saying, what they're doing. So um, I'm I'm excited to hear everything that you said as well, because it just really resonates with me. I think these are tools that are just helping us, no matter what they're all really, um, caring about what the other people are doing, using that to communicate and help drive our agenda as well by connecting it to what they're doing. Uh, trying to, I sometimes say, use as many senses as you can, you know, the audio, the video, you know, fill it, see it, touch it. The more senses you bring into a conversation, I think the better it resonates, it sticks, it gets understood, and it informs um, and enhances the conversations to the point as well. So we get to what really matters. And as a team, we make the right decisions going forward. I love that. You just said a word, curiosity. Mm -hmm. And sometimes curiosity isn't always in these big corporate cultures that that are extremely um, effective today. You know, they're making tons and tons of money and doing good business. And sometimes that curiosity is missing. And 
it, it, it creates an impact that's not really intentional. And I'm wondering, I was speaking with a general counsel yesterday of a very large organization, and we're talking about building relationships with internal clients. Um, how do you serve the other internal clients within the organization? And for me, I think it, it's curiosity. Are you curious about what these other folks are doing? Or are you just trying to push the agenda and get through the meeting and like turn this thing over as fast as possible? Um, and I've been guilty of doing both, you know, taking the time. And then also like, we just got to get it done. Like, let's just sit right. down and knock it out. So I think there's an incredible opportunity to somehow create some curiosity in there to really understand what it, what's going on and why we're doing it. Do you have maybe one or two trips of like tips? How do you open up the door for curiosity? Because once you hit a certain level in organization, sometimes they just expect answers and, and nobody's slowing down to really get curious about where could this take us? And, and I think that also aligns with your position being in strategic thought partner within this, this work that you're doing. What a great question. Uh, what a great aspect to think about, right? I think for me, what has helped most is really think about the other person, what will help mm -hmm. them, because then the questions that we ask, the things that we say are different as well. So when the other person understands that you're trying to help them, you're really trying to understand where they're coming from, what their pain point is, right? And you're really listening. So again, the other, look at it, think of it, communicate about it from the other person's perspective, but then also listen, ask questions, but also listen and try to understand what they're saying. And in some cases, almost even read between the lines, pay attention to the words that they're saying. And that can bring up another curious question. Uh, well, what did you mean about this? And you said something else to Catherine that I love. You know, you said sometimes, you know, big corporate environments were trying to be a little bit too sophisticated, too elegant with our words. And what I found is that just very simply, you know, what does this mean? What do we mean here? What, how is this going to help us? Uh, what is it going to uh, progress forward? But in simple words, sometimes we get, um, I think, too bugged down in big terms, big words. And I've also found that sometimes people are just uh, hesitant to say, I, I, to raise their hand and say, I don't understand what does this mean? And people assume that everybody understands what we're talking about sometimes. So, you know, something else about questions. And I think that opens up also to your question is and something that I've learned over the years. So if I were to go 20 years back, what I would say to myself is, don't be afraid to ask questions. I used to make this, this assumption that, I didn't know as much as the other people knew. I was new to the organization, new to the team, and I wouldn't ask the question. What I've learned over the years is that, well, that's not always the case. And many times people make assumptions and what ends up happening is that we don't have real clarity as to, you know, what does this really mean? And what is it that we really need to do here? And have also the specific, the specific, specific, be specific, excuse me, of who's gonna do well where, you know, some of those basics. So what I've learned over the years is to not be shy. Sometimes to pretend and ask what someone might think they're really silly, self-explanatory questions, but they're not. Pretty much every time I ask that question, turns out the conversation starts because other folks were making assumptions and were not understanding it the same way either. So I know I went kind of like into another thing, but but I think these are all very relevant and they help with those very 
real, authentic, you know, conversations, caring about understanding what it is that we're trying to solve for or create a new, uh, something new, innovate uh, and, and help our organizations uh, go forward. That's fantastic. And I, I love that you mentioned something about um, listening between the lines. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking with someone not too long ago and they, they, they said, you know, I like the fact that you said you can read what's being said or what's not being said, but I feel like it, it's just something that's just been taking place over the years. And you just kind of build that, that muscle of, just like you said earlier, you turn the camera on, you look at the body language, you see the facial expressions. Right. There's so much communication that, that we could be losing that we could really accelerate growth or accelerate that report or accelerate the communication if we turn cameras back on or if we met in person. And I would love, because I can tell with you, you know how to read between the lines. How does somebody even get started with realizing that maybe we need to read between the lines and maybe they, they write one email, but you know we're missing some stuff in there. So I just feel like there's some acceleration in there. Are there maybe a few things that come to mind when you know that reading between the lines, you may just do it so naturally now you don't even realize it, but I would love for, for you just to talk about it because I was talking with these executives and they're like, there's not a whole lot of people that do that. So do you mind sharing that? Yeah, I do. And I want to say it's always intentional, right? I mean, and part of it is just being in the moment, not being distracted, not not multitasking on too many things or even on any things, right? Really listening, being in the moment. But I think it I, I, I think when somebody pays attention, it doesn't take much to realize if there's response from the other stakeholder from the other party, right? When you see there is no follow-up, when you don't get any questions back yourself, when the conversation is not happening, or when you leave the meeting, there is even if there's some follow-ups identifying and then crickets, nothing is happening. You know, then you know that okay, the, the mm, we haven't really even built that credibility and that trust and that team spirit for us, yes, we have a common goal. It could be that we don't have a common goal. And that's very important too, right? In terms of progress and accelerating progress, uh, like you said, because we have to be working together as a team with a common purpose. So if that response is not there, okay, that something is off. Maybe the other person or ourselves, we didn't understand each other. We don't have common purpose and common goals. Uh, so what do we need to do about that? Again, I would simplify it. I would maybe, you know, monitor it. Maybe sometimes, you know, have an one-on-one conversation and say, hey, how can we do better here? This is what's happening. It feels like it's a slow pace. Is there something that we can do together? How can I help? And I typically, I usually go, uh, um, the, the, um, I usually follow the path of trying to help the other stakeholder because that really turns back and helps me as well. So it's not me trying to push my agenda. It's me really caring, trying to understand what is the pain point or what is it that's something that I can do to help the other, the other person, the other team. Um, doing that 
owning it, showing that, yes, I am here to help. And what I found out again and again is that builds the credibility. It builds the trust. Next time I go to work with this stakeholder group, I don't have to do uh, as much hard work. Like they believe me, they I've gained credibility. So if I say something and I've proven to, right, over the times that I own things, I do good work, I follow up, I follow through, I I put in the effort, the hard work, right? I'm not just checking off things. Um, then there is a little bit less of a conversation. Should we really do that or not? Because we've built that credibility. But it starts with how can I help the other person really doing that? And then over time, it gets easier. And, and it gets easier to also get the response and work together. It builds on that trust. You're authentic as well. And that that's that's just, you can tell that's who you are. You're very authentic and intentional. And um, I can see why you're, you know, a great success because you you offer that and you bring that. Thank you. You know, I want to say something about that. These are impactful concepts, impactful words. You know, we're talking about authenticity, for example, and we're talking about resilience and we're talking about communication. Sometimes, too, um, you know, it, it, we take these things for granted. So I want to be really clear here. When we're saying be authentic, I don't mean pretend to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, be authentically authentic. And, you know, if that and that is not an easy thing for everyone because it may not come, you know, natural or, or it takes work. Maybe that's not, not, not an easy thing because you really need to care for the other side and you really need to listen. And resiliency, when something doesn't work, you really need to be consistent in trying to make it work until you get over the hump, if you will, and then things, you hit some critical mass and then things happen a lot faster. I've said in the past, you know, to be authentically authentic because if we say one thing, but we do a different thing, if the actions don't match the words, or if it's just a mechanical thing where we're just checking out boxes and we don't really mean it, it comes through. So that too is not going to help in building that rapport, that trust, that credibility that itself helps with uh, 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 having a better collaborative uh, relationship with our stakeholders and really making great things happen. Because to me, that's fundamental. That culture, the how we work together, the how we communicate with each other, the really being in it, um, uh, present and working towards those common goals before all the technical skills, before anything else, right? Technical, operational, whatever it is. That to me, how we work with, with each other, how we treat each other, the culture part of it, the people and human aspects of organizations, in my experience, is most critical than anything else. Very well said. And these are these aren't necessarily it's it's not the data that that's driving this. This is the human connection that you're bringing to the table that's allowing you to exceed with with the work that you're doing because you you bring the human aspect to the table first and then you begin to help other people and then you begin to open up and and be able to have that communication that curiosity the intentional ness about the whole thing I think it's 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 like what you said it, it's um in, in my words it's practical but it everybody's not doing this stuff and you know, I guess it, it's hard to be able to show up and continue to, to lead that way. 
It is. And I do want to be clear about something. This doesn't mean that whatever role we play, right? So me, myself in data strategy and architecture, sure, I can look at what's the needs. I can put together the strategy, uh, working with the business strategy, data strategy, right? Multi-year roadmap we execute. What I'm trying to say is that, yes, I, I, I uh, go forward with that human and culture and people aspect of it. But that's on top of whatever our role, knowing our stuff. I always say, know your domain. You got to be good at that. I think the difference is that sometimes people forget and they think that I'm really good at something, let's say a technical skill. If I'm really good at that, that's what's going to differentiate me. And in my experience over my career, what I found out, and that is something that I learned over the years that I did not know. So if I were to go back 20 years, that's something else I would tell myself, you know, pay attention to this, learn more about the business and learn to communicate and work with people. It's a given, it's table stakes that you need to know your domain. And because if if it's only the interpersonal, but you're not delivering, that's not going to cut it either, right? You need to know your stuff. You need to deliver. You need to know how to execute, be good at this. But what's going to differentiate and make a difference and help be more successful in what we do, I think is that, that uh, intentional effort into how do I respectfully better work with people respect what they have to bring to the table, try to help genuinely listen, make sure that there's clarity into what we do, how we're going to get there as a team. It goes aside. Those are the kinds of things that I, um, I'm a strong believer that they make a whole lot of difference. I think that's well said because you're right. You, you can have that, that skill set of being able to connect and communicate, but if you don't know your wheelhouse and you don't know what you're what you're providing it's just going to fall and vice versa you can't have one without the other and I think when you bridge that stuff together a lot of this stuff is is all about collaborating but it's collaborating your skill sets not just collaborating with partners within the organization so I think that's extremely helpful thank you Sure. Yeah. One of the things that I say to my team and other folks as well is that, you know, there's the technical aspects of this. There is the communication. Like if I'm looking at a development plan for myself, for example, or anyone that I talk to, really know your craft, technical, whatever it is, right? The technical aspects of your role. But then do pay attention to communication. Someone, I heard someone say many years ago, what good is it? They were actually talking about somebody else and let's start with me. They said, X, Y, Z person does a great job. But no, no, nobody knows about it. So if nobody knows about it, if you don't communicate or if you don't know how to communicate about it, it takes away from the value that this could bring. So really know your technical stuff, but communicate about it and then know the functional business side of things as well, because that will also help communicate in a way that the other folks understand it, get it, respond to it. And, you know, everything that we spoke about turns out to be uh, uh, better, more effective. Dora, you are a plethora of knowledge. If someone, <laughs> I just, I mean, I could keep going on, but I, I want to be considerate of time. Um, if someone wants to just keep learning about you and just keep listening to what you have, you have some great resources that you're sharing information on LinkedIn. Do you mind, if somebody wants to just kind of learn more about you and some of the stuff that you're doing, what's the best way to connect? LinkedIn is the best way uh, to connect with me, and I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. I try to give back to the community, so uh, 
I, I'd love to actually, I'm always open. I always believe in learning from each other. So uh, yes, LinkedIn is where you can find me and I encourage folks to reach out and connect. Thank you so much. Dora Busius, you are the Senior Director for Data and Strategy and Architecture. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Catherine. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and have this chat with you today. Thank you so much. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.